The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Great to have you in. Midweek editions here. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you already in the stream. As I believe it's in you, Grandpa, that uh, gets the honor roll and the first shot out of the day. You can join us, as always. Dial up here on Hale Varsity at 489-1240, 489-1240, or toll free across the State where you hear us on the Hale Varsity Radio Network, 1-800-825-5865. Watch the show. Do it that way via video, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel, Hale Varsity Radio Twitter at HVarsity Radio Facebook and uh, KFOR Twitter as well. Find Elijah on Twitter at Herbal Essence. Find me, Chris Schmidt, at Schmidt underscore radio as the portal turns. Just all sorts of frequent flyer miles. You get a... How about that? Within a minute of the show starting, you already got the title. As the portal turns. I love well, that. <laughs> listen, you get, a, you get a new jet, right? And you, you're going to start using that rocket fuel, baby. It's, it's the SAT 2023 World Tour. <laughs> so what, we got to ask this question, right? Have we all gone to a concert before? Yes, we're all raising our hands. So... Have you bought the dreaded concert T-shirt for forty bucks? It's a normal cotton T-shirt. It's got the dates. It's got the cities. It's got some cool design. And instead of being, I don't know, twenty bucks like your normal shirt, or or even dare I say, cost of eight or nine dollars, uh, you're dropping forty. You've got the concert posters. Now there's the the concert yetis. Mm-hmm. There's in some states the concert edibles, okay, and then you have uh, the, the show itself. Didn't been to a lot of shows. Been to a lot of Dave Matthews. Been to a lot of Pearl Jam. Been to uh, some good shows. I'd like to see to say I'd seen the Chili Peppers more than once. I haven't, but at least it was once. Saw Kiss. Uh, saw Tool. I mean, I've seen some really good shows. Nine Inch Nails. I mean, all, this back in the day, back in the day. But I never said, here's my $40. Punch me in the face. Can I have a concert t-shirt? <laughs> Haven't done it. Won't do it. I don't plan. My roommate's got one this summer. The, the, it's like $70 on 60 something like that. It's crazy inflation with those concert t-shirts. They're even going up. They are. And the, the long and short bridge here is... It is the SAT 2023 World Tour. Is Nebraska going to overpay for a concert T-shirt? No. You pray if you're a Nebraska fan. There's three things, three A's here when we talk about December 6th. Happy birthday, Mitch Sherman. Nebraska has been active. They have been absolutely aggressive. Can they be accurate? Can they be as accurate as the quarterback they're trying to find? Today, as the portal turns, Cam Ward got a visit from the Sat World Tour 2023. Uh, you had McCord get the visit. Uh, Shapin, love it. 
uh, Will Howard. I mean, Nebraska's doing their part. Uh, the thing here is Nebraska has got to be in this conversation. They're at least under consideration, Elijah. But they got to look like they're in the conversation. And it doesn't matter whether they get their top pick or their fifth pick. It's got to be a better answer in 2024 at quarterback because Nebraska don't have time. It's not necessarily that the fan base is grumpy. It's not even necessarily that you know, you're going to have to refill butts in seats in the south end zone. The Big Ten has always been hard for Nebraska. It's going to be a mother next year and beyond. Urgency. It is shot up because you missed a bowl this year. It's year one, and the feel good is wore off. That's right, Walter. Walter outside of Philly. ABC, always be closing. Glenn, Glenn, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, good movie. Love it. So we'll, we'll dive in. There are portal predictions out there. We'll get Mike Babcock's take on all things quarterback. And, you know, the question, too, is we'll throw some more names out at you, and we'll get to your stream comments and emails as well. We, we got slammed with emails yesterday, so did not to get to as many as I wanted to yesterday. But as you look at numbers and trying pro, pro, you're trying to project, you're trying to project the quarterback room you currently have, with a winter and, and spring worth of work, and you're trying to project what's coming in better than you have. I've seen development. I've seen development from Chuba. I've seen development from Harburg. Okay? I do believe Nebraska can develop quarterback, the quarterbacks they have here. How good are they compared to what's out there? And that's just it. It's the old Scott Frost saying, is he better than we got? Oh, God, you're going there. Well, I'm not saying there's a Joe, uh, Joe Burrow out there. I'm not saying that at all. Because Adrian was pretty good as a college quarterback. Mm-hmm. Really good. Um, so Nebraska needs to, to just to nail this part. You, we, we had the conversation a week ago. You quarterback away? Yeah, you are in the Big Ten. Especially with what's moving in. Well, and, and you use the... Uh, the concert t-shirt, the, the, the dreaded concert I'll t-shirt. I'll say like the, the rock star, the concert tour analogy. You've, you've heard some stories from these like these rock stars when they're out on tour, you just hope it's not margaritas on the flight before you go and visit. You don't want to see a bad show. (laughs) 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 You don't, you don't want to see uh, Jim Morrison boot off stage in Miami circus 69 (laughs) because he is absolutely hammered. And then there's a warrant out for his arrest. (laughs) All right. He just, you don't want to, you don't want to be that off. Or you don't want to show up to that concert in Denver, you know? An hour and a half late on stage because you were hammering chicken wings in the back because you. Who was that? Well, there was Rick Ross down at Pinnacle Bank Arena. That's why so he was just in Denver. So he was just hammering wings. Oh yeah. Well, the, here's the. Thing. Have you not heard the story? No. Please, uh, please enlighten it's, it's me. It's a great story. It's it's off. But it was the. Uh, it was the night Nebraska had their Nebraska basketball had their opening night ceremony. College game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The next yeah, day. yeah. Yeah. Okay. And Rick Ross was flying in for his concert uh, after Husker basketball. Sure. His flight hmm. arrives at a normal time. He's sitting in the back. Um, how do I want to say this? Him in his, his changing room with all his buddies, they're partaking in the devil's lettuce. Yes. If you will. No, just you, you got blasted and you got the munchies, and they aren't far far away from that famous spot on O Street that does That's chicken not where wings. where they went. Oh. They went to Omaha for wings. Really? Because Rick Ross owns steak in a famous wing oh. joint. So I'm sure it was comped. 
So he refused to get any other wing. And at the, at the so time, they had to bring him in from Omaha because there weren't any locations in Lincoln at the time. Oh, I'm not going to say the name. Oh no, it's I a get v- it. very famous wing spot. So they were waiting for these wings to come all the way from Omaha while they're in the back room doing their thing with the green. Um, and anyway, Rick Ross was like an hour and a half late on stage. So <laughs> that would be problematic, don't you think? If you're uh, getting enough aroma in the room, you've been on a flight. Peanuts snacks probably aren't going to cut it. Mm-mm. And and you're waiting on wings to come in. You, you you're building that hunger. I, I heard the entire like back hallway of Pinnacle Bank Arena that night just smelled like Willie Nelson's tour bus. Okay, <laughs> Willie's still kicking at ninety. Our, our old boy Jeff Snitley, part of the Boulder uh, Peace Treaty. Is that what we've deemed yep. it? Yep. The Boulder Peace Treaty. Uh, at least showing up for the show would be an improvement from the last guy. As so, uh, I'll say this: I wish Mr. Sims. There's uh, plenty of reports out there that he's off to the portal. Sims, find a landing spot. Go kick butt, dude. You you have skill. You have athletic ability. Your teammates love you. Go have one more year and do it right. Go kill it. Go do it and go do it well in a spot you're comfortable. So Nebraska right now, the Satterfield World Tour, tour in Palouse, Pirates old stomping ground in uh, – in, in Washington State today, McCord yesterday, Shapin, Levitt. You started things off with Will Howard. The other part of this, too, this perception game we're diving into, be in it. You, you had the, the fishing line out into the brook of bubbling water by rule with, hey, and it was prefaced, right? It was couched. It was said to its team, and it was said to the state, one to $1.5 to $2 million for a quarterback. All right, that that got the wheels moving. It was out there in the ether, and and now Nebraska is. <laughs> that was so smart, so well done by Rule because, well, hell, uh, Nebraska is calling. They've got a million to one point five the two to spend allegedly. I mean that's. That 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 was not lost in this final press conference, and we were discussing that after Rule said that. Why would he go and put that number out there? And I, I had a couple of thoughts. means people are going to take your call. And that's what I'm coming to this week. Is last week I was like, man, is he setting up Husker fans for disappointment? Saying, no, he's saying there's up- a big old price tag on quarterbacks, and hey, maybe we like what we got. And then there was the thought of, well, maybe now he's talking to the booster saying, you saw the quarterback performance last year. If you want to to get an increase, we're going to need 1.5 Don't to 2 million. Don't bitch at me. <laughs> and now you look at the, the portal targets they're going after. And you think about it and you go, man, these guys know what Rule said last week. They knew that Rule said, hey, our price tag for a quarter quarterback is $1.5 to $2 million. There's some guys that have $6 million on their roster. If, uh, if Matt Rule called me and I'm a transfer portal quarterback and I just heard him say, hey, yeah, the, a portal quarterback going rates $1.5 to $2 million, and I just got off the phone with name your school here that offered me seven hundred, and I see Rule call me, I'll say, ooh, $1.5 million. There's the element there because that's another thing we talked about yesterday with Searles. Why would a quarterback want to come to Nebraska? There's two reasons guys enter the portal, especially at the quarterback position. One, it's to get your money up. You understand this is the most earning potential you're going to have maybe in your lifetime. If you're not an NFL surefire first-round guy, like the chance at making $1.5 to $2 million for a season of football is an opportunity you're not likely to have ever in your life after this. So there's the element of maximizing your earning potential while you still can. And then there's the element of getting tape for a potential NFL career. And I look at McCord. I know Cameron Ward's the flavor of the day today with 
uh, Marcus Satterfield flying out to Pullman. But you, you look at Kyle McCord, hey, Ohio State fans, they have high expectations, and they weren't jazzed with what they saw from McCord last year. You were expecting there to be competition as McCord goes into his final look at what year he's of eligibility. Followed. Look at what he's followed. Look what he's he's supposed, you're supposed to be that. You're supposed to not drop off. Exactly. So you look at two factors there with McCord. One, is he probably going to get money out the wazoo from the Ohio State boosters after the season he just had? No. Likely no. No, they, he, they, Ohio State fired him. Yeah, and two, going into your senior year, do you want to have a quarterback competition with Lincoln Keenholz? Maybe Cameron Ward transfers into Ohio State. There's going to be competition there because you lost to Michigan. Thanks for going 11-1, and one, but we're going somewhere else. So you look at it and you go, man, a chance at a, an almost surefire starting gig at Nebraska? Oh, $1.5 to $2 million. That's more than I would have gotten at Ohio State. You look at that factor and you know what? People have said for weeks now, really since the season ended, and even before that, why would Nebraska be a destination for portal quarterbacks based on what you saw this season? Well, the opportunity is there. We've heard Matt Rule say $1.5 to $2 million for that portal quarterback. You hit the opportunity to get on the field early, often, likely start all 12 games if you can stay healthy. He's an NFL guy. NFL He's got game. NFL contacts. And I don't know what, what Sats, I kind of know, Sats history is incomplete when it comes to, to quarterbacks. Uh, that's putting it nicely in, in the NFL. But you got rules, NFL background, Elijah, right? And you could be the guy who flips this thing around or be part of the difference on offense. Uh, anonymous checks in. What would Ohio State's record be if Chubba Purdy had been their starting quarterback this season? Hard to tell, but if you got a, a better offensive line, a better run game, Marvin Harrison Jr., and an elite defense, I would say if Purdy's healthy – and that's kind of been the big X factor for him in his career. I pretty probably is in the portal at Ohio State because that, that, he, that's such a big what if. And it is because in order to to stay the starting quarterback at Ohio State, presumably you you would have had to have beat Michigan and go undefeated. Well, to be the starting quarterback at Ohio State, you need to put up first round numbers, right? And McCord put up second team all Big Ten numbers from a passing yards and touchdown number standpoint. He outperformed statistically outperformed McCarthy. They're only, everybody's behind baby Tua but from an Ohio State standpoint and a weapon standpoint, that's the that's the rub. Should you do more than beat Notre Dame on the road and do more than beat Penn State and go 2-1 and one against a, a big three this year? That's what he did and for everybody else except Ohio State or Bama or name your playoff team, Georgia. They're not in this year, but you get my point. Uh, for everyone else there, sign me up. Uh, would Pretty have gone 11-1? and one? I don't know. I mean, Pretty's not played enough football, but this was McCord's first year. McCord's waited and been patient, earned the job, and sat behind some really good ones. The kid committed. The kid committed as a sophomore in high school. All right, was teammates with Marvin Harrison Jr. in high school. So there's history there. There's uh, chemistry there. And I'd say a good percentage of the touchdowns that he threw went to Marvin Harrison Jr. I think 16 uh, went to Marvin, uh, Starvin Marvin Jr. this year. So listen, McCord to me is a guy that just wants to go get paid. Right? I think that's it. And Nebraska... Did their due diligence. I'm glad they went and saw him. If he ends up in Lincoln, I mean, he's the seventh-ranked portal quarterback out there. And he's won 11 games. He won. Uh, he went 8-1 and one in Big Ten play. 
hell yeah, you bring him in if you can get him. But even some stuff on social media from McCord, I mean, he's he's posting and posting black and white pictures of him at a gym, <laughs> getting the arm limbered up. Uh, he screams Miami to me. Let me go get paid on South Beach, and if I play, great. If not, I will invest. Mike Babcock, Mr. Husker Football, weighs in next to Tail Varsity, powered by Cornhead Lager. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity Radio, Wednesday edition. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, we're powered by Cornhead Lager. And uh, your stream comments coming up here. Walter makes a, a good point. Mike Babcock with this from Hale Varsity and Heard at Sports. Walter from Philly chimes in with some accuracy here. Two things you can never go cheap on a lawyer and a portal quarterback. I love it. We'll dive into that. What can you never go cheap on? I agree lawyer. I agree quarterback. And uh, Mike, what do you think here of the uh, as the portal turns, my friend, here in Nebraska in hot pursuit, at least they're putting the, uh, the airline miles to good use here this week? Yeah, that's good. Um, <laughs> you probably know more about this than I do, but the the quarterback that you're that you're looking at that you want to get here through the transfer portal, if that's the way you want to go, does he have to fit into the system that they were trying to install this last season with kind of a guy that was able to run the ball, run some option or whatever, or do you like? change your offense again and go with a guy that uh, is primarily a passer and is going to rely on your offensive line to protect him sufficiently to uh, to throw the ball as a drop back passer. That, that's what we got to determine here, Mike. Let's let's try and answer this as a group here. What uh, what do you think the offense is supposed to be? And I love the quarterback run. I like some zone read. I love the option. But is that uh, sprinkled in versus 21 quarterback runs versus Illinois or Purdue this year? Well, I, I like what you just said about some zone read, some option, some quarterback run, whatever. I don't. I would like to see them not change what they've done in the past season to try to develop a system that works for, you know, whatever. That That's, to me, that's the important thing. So Mike Babcock with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Is Mike, his phone's ringing off. He's taking a hammer to that answering machine, isn't he? I took care of that. <laughs> it was a transfer portal calling. The, it's the old velvet hammer for babbers. <laughs> Mike, uh, you picking up the phone. Is that Satterfield con? You see if you got any eligibility left? I heard you could sling it back in the day. Oh, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, no, uh, that was not, and uh, no, I couldn't, um, but uh, I couldn't run it either, so uh, just, just hand it off, I like it. Mike Babcock's with us, can find him and uh, follow him at MDBabs on Twitter, and get subscribed to Mike's uh, bi-weekly newsletter, MikeB at HerdAtSports.com, get signed up for that. So, I think Nebraska's offense will... Moving forward, uh, be more of like what you saw the final year with Rattler at quarterback at South Carolina, where the the quarterback's a throw-first guy. He's mobile. You want that ability to run. 
but it's you want an accurate guy, and ideally you can mix in some quarterback run, but you lean on that that offensive line and, and running back run game, and then then you have some some difference makers at wide receiver. I mean, the RPO has been such a big part of what Rule has done offensively, and I think there's still some good candidates out there. I would cross off Cam Ward, even though Nebraska visited today. Uh, I would cross off McCord, and and I think Levitt or Shapen are, are the two guys that are probably more of a reality for Nebraska uh, when you look at the, this this portal world at quarterback right now. Yeah, and, and I personally, I don't want to leave out Harburg and Purdy from the discussion. Amen, they, and they shouldn't be. Might have a good upside, and I, I would hope that uh, in the spring it's very competitive and we see who it is that emerges uh, from that competition. Now, if somebody comes in and you're, you know, you're, the NIL money is going to be committed at what you're talking about, a million and a half or two million or whatever. And incidentally, I see that the NCAA may be considering a proposal where coaches can just talk about NIL money with recruits. Did you see that story today? I saw it briefly, but good. Let them know. Let the coaches be in that conversation. I mean, they're they're probably in it anyway, not nefariously, but they they know what the piggy bank holds. I would right. think. They okay, just can't so talk publicly about it. it. Yeah. Yeah. The point about it is, if you commit that kind of nil money, if he ends up getting that kind of nil money, then do you look at it and say, well, we've committed a million and a half dollars of NIL money, what we know of, um, where does that put the competition? Does that say he's going to be the guy or are Purdy and and, uh, uh, Harbor getting that kind of money? Here's what you do. You have a, well, you have a, a sweepstakes. Whoever wins the job gets the money. Well, that's a, uh, that's a good thing, but if you're getting somebody from the transfer portal, is is that person going to come in and say, well, I've still got to earn it when I get there because I think these guys are probably going to get, however it's committed, they're going to get some kind of commitment that that's the sort of money they're going to get before they make the decision of where it is they're going to go, if that makes any sense. No, it, it totally does. They want upfront payment, uh, period. And... <laughs> there's a lot of collectives out there that I think are going to rethink doing business that way because there's been so many guys burnt and so many guys figure out a way to, to transfer to a third school. So this free reign of free money, I don't think lasts. Yeah. And that, and that's why I think it's important to, to put some emphasis on the development of the two guys that you got here right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and give them an opportunity as well. And and so, you know, how are they looking at this whole whole process, you know, that uh, uh, Satterfield's going around and he's, he's visiting these other places? That doesn't do a lot for your confidence, does it? Or, no, I don't know how, how they would, or I can't speak for them, but it doesn't seem like it would. Well, I would hope that you're just pretty honest with, your current quarterback room 
and it needs to be a true competition, doesn't it? I mean, let, let the best winner go out there and, and take the job. But here's something to note. Ja'Cory Barney, Husker commit. This is also quote tweeted by Davon Hall in agreement. Tweeted a, I wonder which one of these quarterbacks in the portal is going to be throwing me touchdowns next year. Hashtag what's next. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting because who is at Bellevue West today but Garrett McGuire? Mm-hmm. So we can talk about Purdy getting the opportunity, but if this is the, the selling point that Garrett McGuire is going out there with these guys, and we don't know that to be true, but I think you can read in between the lines there. If it's, here's the portal quarterbacks we're going after, do we think Chuba is going to get a fair shot in this competition? I think he gets a shot in the competition, but like whenever you bring in an 11-1 guy in Kyle McCord to come in and be the, your starter, it's similar to the, the Jeff Sims story. You can talk about open competition all you want, but if you're paying a guy $2 million a year, it says a lot about your program if that guy ends up not getting the job. And that could be a positive that, you know what, the best guy, the cream is rising to the top. But on the other side, if your evaluation is that bad that you're paying a guy $2 million and they don't end up being the starter, what does that say about you? So I, I, I'm not too convinced. I think Chubba gets a shot in the competition, but like I would be shocked if Chubba wins a starting job next year at Nebraska. If he's, if he's better, yeah, that's fair. I mean, because, again, if you're – if this guy is coming in here under the assumption that he's getting 1.5 million or 2 million or whatever, um, and you're investing that in, in this person, then that person has to have an advantage. And if you're, as Elijah said, if you're using him as a recruiting mechanism, somebody coming in out of the transfer portal, um, what does that say to, to the guys that are here? Mm. Well, and you better be consistent with your message. Part of that message last week as, as well was that you want to take care of guys here. The old Bill Polian example of don't pay the, the newest guy the most money because it'll tick off your locker room. I think that's very real. And not everybody in the college locker rooms is mature as they need to be. Uh, and so it's delicate, but the... You just better evaluate right, not only in the portal, but also with this competition, Babbers, uh, with who gives you a chance to win. And I do believe they'll give Chuba a longer look. If he's healthy, uh, let him go out there and sling it and then find another guy that you can groom along with Kalen and, and then make sure Harburg's an, an option, but probably not the primary option. Uh, Brennan from the Black Hills chimes in, if your $1.5 million horse isn't the starter, I'd be hard-pressed to invest like that again. Very fair. Yeah, I, I agree. And that, that's, that's the point, I think, is you bring somebody in from the transfer portal and this kind of money is committed to that person, it seems to me like there's a definite bending in that direction rather mm-hmm. than just saying we're going to have an open competition and here's what's going to, you know, we're going to determine at the end of spring or at the end of fall camp we'll know who the quarterback is. I think we'll know before that if we go into the if Nebraska goes into the transfer portal and and commits to a to a quarterback one of these uh, that you're that you're talking about commits to one of those mm-hmm. I think that part of that commitment is based on the fact that, or the belief that hey I'm going to be the quarterback. Mike real quick bud thoughts on Nebraska basketball their rebound tonight uh, against Minnesota Road trip for the uh, Big Red, the Fighting Freds. Very important game um, to 
to turn things around after what happened at Creighton and get off to a good start in Big Ten competition. You know, I think that uh, I think Nebraska is up to the task. I think uh, I give Nebraska the edge, but you know how I am about predictions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's probably a death knell right there. But um, I think this is a critical game for the Huskers. Um, get off to a good start in the in Big Ten play. Minnesota, Michigan State here in Lincoln, and uh, get off and running. Mike Babcock with us here, Hale Varsity. Mike, before we get out, we have a callback back to our initial conversation, the Marcus Satterfield World Tour. Mm-hmm. It's a com- uh, comment from M- NU Grandpa. He says, uh, him and Mike are old. Their last concert was Three Dog Night at Pershing about 1971. Mike, were you there? <laughs> Yeah, I think I was there. I don't think that was the last one I was at, but uh, yes. Yeah, I've seen uh, Babbers, 30, 15 seconds. Did you did you ever buy a Grateful Dead t-shirt at a dead show? Um, yeah, yeah. A, a later uh, later incarnation in Omaha. I think. Okay. Was it an overpriced concert t-shirt? Or actually, it wasn't in Omaha. It was in Denver. No, okay. it wasn't overpriced. That's the I way. I, that's the way I want it. Babbers will check in next week. Thank you much. Thanks, guys. Hail Varsity Radio is live now. Back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you again. On Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for your time. More comments and calls. Pete kicks us off here. This segment, Pete. Thanks for calling. How you doing? Good. What do you say? Well, I guess it's kind of perplexed a little bit uh, where it's going to go. Do you foresee a freshman coming into a university, kind of proving himself by the time he's a senior transferring a couple times because by the time he's polished, he's going to require so much money that I think the universities are going to go back and say, hey, let's get another incoming freshman. They're cheaper. And uh, we can develop him instead of paying such a high price for the uh, polished quarterbacks. It's it's a fair question, and I think you've got to manage it right, not only financially, but also with your grooming, Pete. And are you a, a place where a quarterback can go? And either can you play right away and be surrounded where it's not all on you? Or can you go and... Be patient. It's two-way street. You've got to get better and develop. You're not just going to walk in and better not have it given to you if you're not ready. Uh, and, then, and then learn and get better. And as long as there's communication, this is ideal. And I'm not saying this happens in college football, but it needs to happen somewhere. Alabama's been a good example of that. Okay? Um, you look at Mac, right? I know Mac's having a hell of a time in New England, but he he waited and he got picked in the first round. They've had a succession of quarterbacks at Bama, really, that have thrived. USC or wherever Lincoln Riley's been, they they've had either guys that recruit they recruited and did well, or all right, this is the spot I'm going to go to if one of the young pups isn't ready. It's always going to be fluid. I mean, you're just going to have to to guess right and judge it on a case-by-case, year-by-year basis. I think ideally you want to have a kid that comes in, can perform, and understands he's got to groom and get better for conference-level play. I guess I guess, in my opinion, uh, just as important as that quarterback or just about as important as that quarterback is going to be the offensive line. 
and then have the uh, real studs back there at the running back because they're going to the offensive line, the running backs are going to make that quarterback better. Well, they're, so, they're they're the quarterback's best friend, Pete. <laughs> so I think I don't think you want to spend all your money just on a quarterback. I think you really need to concentrate on the offensive line, some receivers, and, and running backs also. No, I mean it's going to be uh, I mean it's going to be a payroll to meet. Pete, yeah. thanks for the phone call. And the the thing about going and recruiting, and getting that that difference making freshman quarterback is. They don't want to go a three and nine, four and eight, five and seven school. Your appetite is not existent anymore for that at Nebraska. Hmm. And next year is going to need to be seven or eight or nine, despite the schedule. And you can do that with the defense returning, presumably, and the right quarterback. It may be here. He may be here, or he may be in the portal right now. You don't go cheap, though, Elijah. What don't you go cheap on? You don't go cheap on quarterbacks. We've learned that last year, and you're learning that this year. What else do you uh, you spend a little money on? There's a couple. A couple major ones. Number one that I think of off the top of my head, don't want to go cheap on a chiropractor. No. No, no. You'll end up with a broken neck. So <laughs> That's one. A plumber. Don't want to go cheap on the old plumber. Walter's take on uh, an attorney? I guess. The old joke is... Depends on how much trouble you're in. <laughs> well, the, the old joke is, you know, why is divorce so expensive? Because it's worth it. I'm kidding. Uh, but uh, <laughs> that's, that's the joke out there. Anywho, if you ask an attorney. And, uh, anyhow, uh, but no, uh, listen, I, I don't... I pay extra money for jeans, clothing... Uh, food, i.e., if we're going to go to a restaurant, we're not going to get a salad and a picture of a potato. We're going to go all in, baby. You and I are going to go all in on that giant mound of meat at uh, Single Barrel. Yes, sir. Right? We're going to sp- spend good money on meat. You know, and you don't go cheap on booze. Depends what kind of night you're having. <laughs> if you got primed on the latte, great. But I'm saying if you're going out with some buddies and it's holiday season... I'm not. I'm not going to make Russ drink well. Well, um, whiskey. That depends. And, no, Big Ten media. We're, we're, we're the Big Ten championship game. Russ and I are having Templeton, baby. That's well. I'm. I'm going to let that lie. What? 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 You don't think Templeton? I think there are times whenever cheap liquors are the way to go. Really? Whenever you're trying to punish yourself a little bit, uh, you know. Okay. Like if you're gonna, if, if I'm gonna have ten, which sure. I don't, I don't recommend. See, well, if I'm gonna have ten, I'm gonna feel terrible in the morning either. Either way, like, what's the point of going expensive with, with ten drinks? You know, <laughs> your body will thank you. <laughs> it's not gonna thank me either way. Oh, it, it's not gonna be happy with you, but at least it was a good hurt, <laughs> an expensive hurt. Who's on the line? Jim's on the line. Jim, thanks for calling. Go for it. Yeah, guys, great conversation about the NIL at. The, the confusing confusing part for me is, uh, and I, I'd like to hear what you guys think, is it almost seems like it's an impossible situation to deal with. What What's it going to take to get it squared around to where it makes some sense? Uh, I don't have any problem with kids getting paid. Mm-hmm. It's The thing of it is, is, is it going to take, you can only do it once uh, from the portal or I'm just interested in what you guys think. What is going to take to, to calm this down? Because right now, I don't remember where I've heard that, but we've almost sold our soul. And uh, I, 
I just don't know what it's going to take to to get a, a some something in that's going to make some sense. So well, love it to was, hear what you guys have to say. Appreciate it. Uh, thanks so much for the phone call, Jim. The the new proposal with the new president to the NCAA is for this separate subdivision, right? It's the highest players and payers in the world of college athletics where you got your probably your top 60 are separate from those that, that can't and won't and don't compete financially. You got to live in that world. And then those schools all come up with a uniform setup when it comes to transfer policy, when it comes to NIL. I know there's trust funds for 30 grand that are being talked about. We didn't even have time because of the phone calls yesterday to get to the story, but it's out there. There are some blueprints and parameters, and it's not congressional, thank God. But also, the NCAA is toothless and scared because of antitrust potential. They're just caving to keep caving so they don't have to keep... It's cheaper for them to cave now, Elijah, and just kind of give some concessions versus really lose their ass with lawsuits. It's, it's doing what they can seemingly to try to control an out-of-control market. Let's just kick it down the road and you guys decide it, you guys handle it. Sure, create your own division. And if that happens, it's going to be the Nick Sabans of the world, the Dabo Sweeties of the world, the Matt Rules of the world, the Lincoln Rileys. They're all going to have their take, their say, and then there'll be some sort of uniform rule by those. And you've got the old school college football coaches that are about recruitment, development, earning it versus entitlement that need to be heard on this. Guys need to get paid and taken care of totally. For too many years, it's been, oh, look at that guy. Look how awesome he is. Uh, but they're not, they're, they're not even getting their, their token 2%. So NCAA's put their hands up. They're just trying to look for more cover <laughs> on this. We'll wind down hour one and uh, some predictions here on the portal where some of these quarterbacks may end up. Evan Bland's 10 minutes away. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, Evan Bland with us here next hour. We'll dive into more of your comments. Eddie Markowski checks the pulse of Nebraska basketball. Big time game in Minnesota tonight at 8. And then a jock doc. What's up with Trevor Lawrence? 489-1240, 489-1240. Or 800-825-5865. Toll free where you hear us. Can continue comments on the Stream Hail Varsity YouTube channel or Hail Varsity Radio Twitter at HVarsity Radio. Um, you know, the <laughs> comments keep coming in here on, on, on Satterfield, on the quarterback room. And, and here's what I think happens with some of these quarterbacks. Nebraska's been in today on the number one portal quarterback. Uh, that was Cam Ward. The number 10 portal quarterback last year was Jeff Sims. He's in the portal again today. McCord is in at number seven. These are on three rankings. You have uh, Shapin at number 22, Levitt at 26. And I believe uh, you're going to see it shake out like this. I think DJ is going back to the ACC. I think he'll land at Florida State. Uh, I think uh, Will Rogers finds his way to Washington. All right, he seems like a Kalen DeBoer guy. I think Kyle McCord is 
and I don't know the kid. I, I know that he's got to feel ticked off if the word from Ohio State, and it's got to be this, right? Ohio State's got to be like, dude, we appreciate your 11-1, and one, but you're going to have to go win the job back again. Well, that should be without saying, but that's not the world you live in anymore as a quarterback. If you go 11-1, and one, you shouldn't worry, but the point is, is Ohio State recruits so well at quarterback that someone could beat you out. I mean, Harbaugh's done that, and Michigan McCarthy again won the job. And what did we hear from Charles Thompson last year that Matt Rule said to Casey? Going what? into your senior year, if I were you, I'd look, yeah, if you're expecting it to just, you know, you be in cement here, well, you had it last year, you've got it this year, there's a difference between having to win your job again and and trying not to lose your job, yes. right? And if you're an incumbent quarterback, you need to play your ass off and get better, but you shouldn't, you shouldn't, it shouldn't be forgotten what you've done. It should. You should go in with the thought that what you have done gives you a leg up. Yes. Right. I, I don't think that McCord would have that at Ohio no, State. No, and that's absolutely. And so I think he's – they were real with him. And I think Keenholz could be a hell of a good quarterback. On top of the fact I think Ohio State probably lands Cam Ward. Okay, I think he ends up there. I think Dante Moore goes to Michigan State. Michigan UC, State? Yes. I think there was there was heavy recruitment by Jonathan Jonathan Smith for more before he ended up at UCLA. I think Dylan Gabriel is going to say, Uncle Phil, let's hug it out. And I think he's going to Oregon. Oregon makes way too much sense. And then I think Mississippi State might settle for, for Van Dyke. But McCord, I think, ends up at Miami. If this guy wants to get paid after going 11-1, and one, Miami will freak out for an 11-1 and one quarterback. Who's on the line? We have Paul. Paul, thanks for calling. Go for it. Hey, guys. Um... And I don't mean to second-guess any of the coaching staff. Cash knows they aren't going to do a lot better job than I ever could. Uh, any thoughts regarding why didn't they try and convert uh, Sims to some other position on the field, uh, possibly of need at Nebraska, uh, just because he's such a good kid and he kind of knows the offensive system already? I think that, Paul, and we're up against it. Thank you for taking time to call and check in with us. Maybe he was offered that. Maybe Sims just wants to, to go play quarterback somewhere in a smaller, smaller fishbowl. Evan Bland, more portal thoughts on the way hour two with Hale Varsity. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal. Thanks for hanging out. It's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal are powered by Cornhead Lager. We welcome in Evan Bland with the Omaha World Herald as the portal turns. Well, Evan, good buddy, how's the uh, the flight tracking been? I, I don't know if I'm in Pullman or Columbus or Waco or whatever. Just that uh, we're all, we're all having a good time right now. <laughs> well, that's that's we kind of joked. A, uh, it's the Sat World Tour 2023. Uh, two, uh, have you ever gone all in and, and spent the uh, the overpriced forty bucks on said World Tour concert T-shirt uh, when you've gone to a concert? And three, what's uh, what do you not go cheap on? Clearly, 
portal quarterbacks, but what else? What what does Evan <laughs> Evan Bland splurge on? I say steaks and booze. Got to have a one-two punch. Wow. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't say no to that for sure. Uh, you know, I think of like small stuff, like name brand ketchup. Um, you know, I'm I'm not like a Dr. Hee-haw guy. Like if you're going to get a soda, like get the real thing. Um, we used so, to buy my brother hee-haw all the time, man. Did you? I mean, yeah. that's fine. If people like that, I just, you know, if I'm going to do it, like I'm going to go all the way, that kind of thing. The, Hey, we're not going to Evan's place because he's given us the old, uh, generic soda <laughs> turned your face purple. Yeah, I, I love it. I like it. That's pretty good. But it, oh, it's funny how different we all are in our different answers here. With what do you not go cheap on? And Evan's like, I, I would give me the do, not the hee haw. Yeah, I mean that, that's just off the top of my head. But um, like, like there are just certain like certain things, right? Like you, you're not going to cheap out on um, like repairs. I guess that's another thing, like vehicle repairs. Like if they, if I'm told that it's needed, uh, I'm probably going to do it. Like I don't want to limp along and, and try to, you know, wait it out. Like let's just get this thing taken care of, I, that kind of stuff. See, I'm opposite because I'll always go look up the YouTube video whenever something goes wrong in my car. Like, Can I fix this you're myself? handy. I'm an idiot with anything fixer-upper. Yeah, I'm not nail. great at that either. I always think the old Seinfeld bit where, like, if they told me I needed a new Johnson rod for my car, like, I'd probably just say, okay. <laughs> sure. You know, just take their word for it. It's under warranty, forty nine ninety nine. <laughs> Our old buddy Rick Heyman was at that Three Dog Night show in 71. Was he? Now? Yes. <laughs> so uh, we, we bring it back to the Sat World Tour 2023 uh, in concert t-shirts. And here's a good question. Do you go cheap on concert tickets, Evan? Do you pay the extra to go sit front row to be right in front? front of the stage or do you go nosebleeds what do you do whenever you're at the concert do you save some money for that t-shirt or do you go all in on the seats themselves i guess my approach for concert tickets i suppose is like what it would be for like going to a movie like i don't want to be right up front but i don't want to be way in the back either like you got to find that sweet spot maybe on the floor like halfway back you got the best angle that's kind of my approach on that Iowa Russ bought second. We were was not second. We were fourth row in the end zone. It. Uh, I was looking for you on TV. I couldn't find it was you. Big, it was Big Ten. I had a bunch of Michigan fans who snuck in Patron. They didn't share. And then I had some <laughs> Iowa fans in front, and I just kind of ducked and covered. Evan, let's talk quarterback here. What's realistic for Nebraska? Who do you think they can land? Who do you think fits stylistically? Or have you decided what the style is going to be for 2024? Yeah, you know, that's one of the, I think, more interesting angles of this whole thing. I mean, first of all, Nebraska's being about as uh, aggressive as you could be in the portal right now, from the reported talks with Will Howard at Kansas State to, you know, Blake Shapin and, and on down the list. Potentially Cam Ward if he's in Pullman, Kyle McCord from Ohio State. Like, I think what's interesting about those guys is you try to find the commonalities and some of the differences. Like the commonality, one of them is that they're all one-year guys in terms of eligibility remaining, and they've proven it at the Power 5 level. So that tells you what Nebraska's sense of urgency is for next year. But as far as style of play, you know, it is a little bit all over the board. Like I think Will Howard and Blake Shapin sort of have similar styles where they are maybe deceptively mobile. They're accurate with the ball. They take care of the ball. Uh, you know, McCord is much more of a stationary quarterback and 
uh, doesn't move around all that much. And then Ward is the complete opposite of that, as, as a guy who is electric with his legs, big arm, has done it at multiple stops now with Incarnate Word and, and Washington State. So, like, to me that says that Nebraska wants to find a proven winner who can take care of the ball, and then you just adjust the offense to that. Because, again, like, the type of attack you would run with Cam Ward is, in my opinion, pretty different from what you would run with Kyle McCord, just based on their skill sets and their track records and all the rest. So they're casting a wide net, um, you know they're they're clearly not afraid to take a big swing right now. And again, I think the overarching takeaway at this moment is that they that there is a sense of urgency to win next year and to bring a guy in who can do all the things that Nebraska needs to win football games. Evan, among the guys that Nebraska has been linked to in recent days, I guess you could go back to the end of last week with Will Howard. The list of names that has been floating around in terms of Nebraska's visited with this guy, Nebraska's interest is in this guy, what have you. Which names are you buying stock in in terms of the interest being real and being mutual? And which, which guys are you selling stock in in terms of probably not going to happen? Well, I mean, it's, it's interesting because, like, in one sense, it feels like it's early in the process. And these guys are – they just entered the portal and they're hearing pitches. But on the other hand, it's such a sped-up timeline now. It's a 30-day window, but you're already seeing commitments from other quarterbacks to other schools – uh, so, you know, it, this thing does tend to move pretty quickly. I still feel like Kyle McCord seems kind of a long shot, uh, just kind of given his skill set and what he's been. Cam Ward, I kind of feel the same way. Uh, interestingly, he was considering Nebraska a couple years ago before he we went to Washington State. The Huskers were one of the teams that he was, uh, you know, considering or mulling over at that time. But it still seems like a a long shot and it's still possible that he could go to the NFL if the interest level is high enough there. Uh, you know, Howard is a fascinating one. He could be that, that sort of player to be named later in the Adrian Martinez trade, to Kansas state, <laughs> um, you know, maybe that ends up being that way. But I, honestly, I, the guy that interests me the most is Blake Shapin from Baylor. Like he's a, a guy with a big arm talent. I mean, he had a 90-mile-an-hour fastball, was a high-end baseball prospect out of high school. And, you know, he, again, he's one of those deceptively quick guys. He's accurate. He's got like a 3-to-1 touchdown-to-interception ratio, uh, above a 60% passer. Like, you put a guy like that in Nebraska's attack from this year, they probably win two or three more games. And so he kind of strikes me as a guy with maybe a little bit of that Joe Ganzian, uh you know, intangible side where he can make things happen. He's a little bit shorter, I think six foot, 205 pounds, something like that. But I think that's kind of what Nebraska needs is a guy who can take care of the ball, make smart decisions with it, is accurate with it, and then you let the defense do the rest. Evan, you hit all the white buzzwords right there with uh, the got the intangibles, knows how to win, sneaky athletic. You really nailed them all right there. I'm not trying to sound like a scout. Like I just, I, I really think that's kind of what he brings. Like he's not this, you know, high risk, high reward sort of guy. The way that, that honestly Jeff Sims was when he came in, uh, but he's just a guy who like is sound and, and can process things. And I just think that's what Nebraska needs. Like you don't need a guy to take big risks and and, and take deep shots down the field. You need a guy. Uh, who can lead a long drive and who can play complimentary football. And, and and if we're talking about just from a budget, NIL budget perspective, like I think he's not in that top tier. Maybe he's in that middle class uh, of, of portal quarterback who would command 
you know, a, a number that's a little more palatable to Nebraska. Evan Bland with us from the Omaha World Herald at uh, Evan Bland OWH. Follow him on Twitter. Evan, let's dive into something you touched on a second ago, and that is urgency for Nebraska. We've had the conversation not long ago about, you know, is Nebraska a quarterback away? Well, you fast forward to what the quarterback position needs to be and what what do you think the quarterback position needs to be in the Big Ten in 2024 with your new neighbors on top of what's already here? Well, you know, I, I think it needs to be something that Nebraska just hasn't had a lot of this year, and that's, I mean, it sounds so simple, but it starts with ball security. Like, if you want to be a running team that lets your skill players kind of do their thing, then you, you need a guy back there that you can trust is going to take care of the ball and make smart decisions. Like, I, I, I really don't think that Nebraska needs to have a future NFL player as a starter for them to necessarily go where they want to be. Uh, you know, you look you look at, like, the teams – that are in that 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 range right now that'll be potential playoff teams next year. Like, they have sound quarterbacks and, and good quarterbacks, but they're not all, like, future NFL draft picks. And so I, I think that's kind of what you're shooting for is just a guy, again, who makes the right decisions, who's, who's accurate, who has a big arm when he needs to can be mobile. Um, you know, Nebraska needs whoever it is to stay healthy. I think that's another thing you look at. And the Big Ten, the teams that are on to their second and third string guys uh, tend to not do well. And so it just finding that guy, and they've cycled through him in the last few years, uh, you know, whether that's Casey Thompson or, or Adrian Martinez has been in and out, in and out with injuries and, and Tanner Lee, and they just need a little bit more continuity at that spot. And, and maybe that's not going to be achieved this year. Maybe they find a, a high end one and done sort of player who can be that bridge for them. You know, maybe Daniel Keelan's that guy in a couple of years, but uh, they need to find him. And it's clear that they're not the only ones looking. I mean, there's high end competition all over the country for these sorts of players. You look at the teams that are in the college football playoff. Um, a lot of them have had success with portal quarterbacks. So uh, that's sort of the formula right now. You find that guy, build around it. Um, and then, you know, success is more, much more likely to follow. You're further buried in the league, though, if you don't get competent quarterback play, competent offense. And I look at Chuba because Rule made a point to emphasize guys that are here are going to also get taken care of or need to be taken care of, not forgotten about in, in, in lieu of the new shiny portal quarterback edition. Um, what do you see from Chuba? I mean, do you see him – Thinking hard about the portal, do you do you feel that way? Once once it's announced, Nebraska's got their portal addition. Do you think Chuba graduates in December and is a grad transfer? Do you think he's he's in for the fight, man, to, to try and go win the job? I mean, it's hard to say. He, I know, he was asked about it toward the end of the year about the future of the position and was pretty vague about kind of what that would look like. Um, so I don't really know what his intentions are. My, my hunch, my thought would be that he would stay. I mean, he's already done the portal thing once going from Florida state and coming to Nebraska. And granted the reason he came to Nebraska was Mark Whipple and, and he's not the offensive coordinator here anymore, but it does seem like pretty enjoyed his season this, this fall under Matt rule and Marcus Satterfield. He's got still, I mean, like if he were to go on the, on the block, on the portal right now, like I think he would be a pretty attractive candidate for a lot of schools. He's still 
a guy with uh, four-star pedigree. He's still somebody, uh, you know, who who is that dual threat. He's somebody who uh, is is a great, you know, has a great personality, pretty magnetic sort of uh, leader type. And now he has some experience too. He, I think he could, he showed he has an arm. He's more explosive with his legs than I think most people gave him credit for. Um, certainly, that run he had against Wisconsin opened a lot of eyes to what he can be. So I think you add all that up, plus the, plus the fact that he has still two years of eligibility left when you factor in the COVID year. Uh, you know, he's still somebody you can build around in, at least into the intermediate future. So my thought would be that he would stick around. But if he were to go into the portal, I think he would be a pretty attractive uh, candidate for a lot of schools. Evan, last thought here on the portal before we maybe quickly get your brief thoughts on Husker volleyball and Husker basketball. Princely Umamelin into the portal today from Florida had a really successful year for the Gators, especially as a pass rusher. Is Nebraska a player there? Well, I mean, I, I, it's hard to say. He was on social media later and said it was, it was telling Gator fans that just because he was in there doesn't mean he was leaving. They're going through some coaching changes, and so I think he's going to wait it out at least a little while and see who they end up hiring, who would be his position coach, <clears throat> that sort of thing. But, yeah, I mean, there's certainly the connection, right? He's the older brother of Prince Will. And, you know, if for no other reason than I want to see equipment managers try to kern <laughs> Prince Lee and Prince Will Uman Yellen onto the back of jerseys to uh, differentiate, like, that would be pretty interesting. But, no, he's a, he's a dynamic player uh, defensively. Certainly he's proven it in the SEC for a number of years. So that's sort of the name of the game in the portal sometimes. It's like more often than not, the guys that you get coming in have some sort of connection to your program or to your coaching staff or to your players. And that's a pretty obvious one with what Prince will uh, being a sibling and and that sort of thing. So um, I think it's something to watch, but again, as the portal turns, you never know day to day uh, how it might turn out. Evan thoughts on volleyball, about 30 seconds this weekend, the big red still loaded. Still loaded. It's uh, isn't it a testament to that program to kind of just assume that they're going to win through the weekend into the final four and and stay on a collision course with Wisconsin. Like that's the level to which Husker volleyball is operating right now. Um, You know, I'm sure Georgia Tech's a good team and potentially Kentucky the round after that. But it feels to me like a team that in Nebraska that figured things out in that first round shook off some nerves and uh, you know even if it's at 1 p.m. on Thursday should be rocking um, as it continues through that tournament. That should be a crime, a 1 p.m. volleyball. Oh, you, you've got Nebraska and John Cook. You want to talk about this rock star theme today. They are rock stars. They should be at 7 p.m., but they're not. Evan, be good. Great coverage and work. Thanks for talking some ball with us today. Thanks, guys. All yep. right. There he is, Evan Bland, Omaha World Herald at Evan Bland, OWH. Nebraska, Minnesota hoops. We'll get back into some quarterback and portal thoughts. Hail Varsity continues powered by Cornhead Lager. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Cornhead Lager, Nebraska, Minnesota. Tipping off tonight, 8 o'clock BTN. Pride of Ord, Husker standout Andy Markowski with us. Also, of course, an assistant with the Pious Girls basketball team at Markowski underscore Andy. Find him on Twitter. Andy, we got a couple of nice days. Is it is it birdie time before we talk hoops? Yeah, no, it'd be nice to, to sneak out and, and get 18 holes played, but uh, obviously a lot, of, a lot of hoops going on in the Markowski world and uh, a lot to, to follow with uh, with Nebraska and some of the, the, the college uh, 
teams, a lot of a lot of good games on on TV as well. So I'm in full go basketball right now, Chris. Well, good for you. Uh, and uh, l- let me know if you end up sneaking out and how you shoot. I, I won't correct anything. I just want to know what I'm aiming for at some point. But Nebraska Creighton, let's go back there for a moment. Hate to do it, but we got to get your take on it. And Creighton was just uh, all sorts of good from three-point land. Nebraska not as good defensively. As you analyzed Sunday, what what kind of game did you think it was going to be? And how shocked are you that it was just a butt-kicking like it was? Well, I, I, I certainly felt this Nebraska team had some weaknesses over, over last year's group. I thought with Bandemail and, and – um, you know, Sam Greasel, they they were a little better and more athletic on the perimeter when they went up to Creighton and, and, and really did a good job of keeping them out of rotation and, and making those three-point shots tougher. I think Nebraska's group is better along the front line this year, which I, I think will project uh, better as they get into the Big 12 schedule. But, but Creighton really exploited our inability to control penetration. Um, you know, Nebraska's defense sets everything up for – to not allow middle penetration, and, and, and Creighton was able to get uh, you know the ball to the middle of the floor, two feet in the lane, where they're kicking out, and and not only getting a lot of open threes, it opened the backside up for for some offensive rebounds. So you know, give Creighton credit. You know, I think they're a hard team to guard. They shoot it at you know multiple spots well with with range. Um, I don't think there's a team in the Big Ten um, that will be as hard to guard as, as Creighton is from the three point line. So I you know I don't I don't think that's another style of team that that they're going to have to play but yeah disappointing I, I thought nebraska's front line could could carry them and if you look at alec uh struggling i think he was over four from the three uh you rake mass struggled finish at the rim one of five from the three um gary was over two from the three i thought you know he had a, a couple offensive rebounds and, and drives um so they, they need more productivity you know from that front line in that game uh and didn't get it um so you know, once again, you move on, you know, hopefully you learn from it. And uh, the schedule, you know, doesn't get a, a ton easier with the road conference game. And you got Michigan State coming, coming to Lincoln on Sunday. Andy Markowski with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Andy kind of laid it out concerns on both ends of the floor based on what we saw against Creighton. But the number one thing that, that really worried me, and I'm going to get your take on that as a former post player, was how Ryan Kalkbrenner was really able to, to, to have – his way inside whenever they were on the defensive end of the floor. I should say Creighton was on the defensive end of the floor. Nebraska really struggled to make shots inside, whether it be the guards, whether it be the forwards. And Kalkbrenner is not going to be the only high-level post that Nebraska plays this year playing in the Big Ten Conference. What did you see in that matchup with Nebraska really struggling to, to get the ball inside and finish there? Yeah, I mean, Kalkbrenner has been the Big East player, defensive player of the year, right? I mean, you know, he's seven, seven foot tall, to your point. You know, there, there's players like him in, in the Big Ten, and, and certainly our inside guys uh, you know, have to be better. Which you know, I, I think they're they're capable. Of. I think Mast is is skilled enough to make some of those that that he missed. Um, but you know, also I, I think Nebraska's lack of, of of true point guard hurt them a little bit uh, in that game, getting in the rhythm, getting into some offensive stuff. I thought we we rushed and, and took some some late shot clock shots where you know we have to have a little bit more poise and, and patience and, and, and have better possession, especially when we're on the scoring drought. But, yeah, I mean, certainly the, the you know, Clarkprint had uh, an imprint in that game. I, I think part of his success offensively 
wasn't that he just posted and scored. It's the fact that we were in rotation so much. He, he, a lot of times he got switched onto a smaller Nebraska defender, and you know that, that's hard to do as well. They just had us in in defensive rotation when you when you do that you know you're going to get cross matched and you know uh, a guard guarding a seven footer is not going to end well so now did Creighton shoot the three I, I thought they were able to, to, to take advantage of some of those switches and, and get Kalkbrenner uh, some high percentage shots at the rim and you know things that they can learn from watch film of and you know if they don't improve um, you know that that they're going to struggle against the elite teams in the Big Ten. Where do you see Minnesota right now? Uh, they, they've got size. They've got physicality. Let's turn the attention to tonight. And uh, do you anticipate Nebraska bouncing back? The line says Nebraska by two and a half. They're favored on the road. Uh, is, is this Creighton thing that could linger? Or do you think Nebraska's been able to flush and, and focus forward for tonight? Well, I, I think you'll you'll find out if you if you listen to to Coach Hoiberg talk. He really likes his group uh, in terms of their maturity. You know, he's referenced several times that this is the oldest team, you know, in the Big Ten. Guys that have have played uh, hundreds of games, right? You look at Mast and and Alec and, and Boogie Coleman and C.J. Walter and Tobinaga. You know, um, they've played international basketball. You know, so so you don't think that one loss would 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 put this group. You know, into a into a tailspin, but going on the road um, against a Big Ten team that really needs to win, right? I mean, Minnesota's not off to a great start. They they went on the road and lost their first league game uh, in a competitive game to Ohio State. So you know that you know they're coming home uh, with the message that they have to win the the, the conference um, home game. So I expect it to be a a hard fought, physical, close game. If you look at the stat sheet, uh, they're very similar. I think. The, the big difference is Minnesota does turn it over uh, a little bit more than Nebraska, but rebounding's pretty consistent. Uh, Three-point shooting's pretty consistent. Um, you know, they average a few more points a game uh, than, than this Nebraska team, so we're going to have to do a good job, you know, going on the road, um, you know, to be able to defend um, some good players. Uh, Dawson Garcia had, I think, 30 against Ohio State, um, but they, you know, they lost their best player in, in battle. I, I do think on paper we're – we're more talented uh, than Minnesota, but anytime you go on the road, uh, this team hasn't played a ton of road games yet. Uh, you know, on the season, which you know, you never know how how that's going to impact them. But but hopefully they can they can bounce back and and, and go on the road and go one and zero in league, which would be a great start. Andy, what's your take on the the greater Big Ten conference? What we've seen so far this year, I think. You've had some surprises. Wisconsin and Northwestern both looking really good to start the year. Purdue, they're carrying on from what they've had the past couple seasons. They look good again this year. Michigan State and Michigan may be a little bit disappointing their starts to the season, but a lot of basketball left. What's your take on what you've seen thus far in the Big Ten as we kind of begin conference play? Yeah, I think the middle of it um, is is gettable. Um, you know, I certainly think Purdue is in a class myself. I know Illinois had a good win last night. You mentioned um, – um, Northwestern, uh, but you know Michigan State, Maryland, uh, Penn State appears to take a step back. Um, Iowa appears to have taken a step back. I, I think the middle of the league is is um, softer than than maybe what it has been. Um, you know, which gives Nebraska a chance to, to to go to some of those places and win. However, you're probably looking at a six or seven. Uh, bid league this year, right? Which makes that a, a little tighter uh, opportunity. You're gonna you're gonna have to uh, perform better than maybe in years past, where we've had eight, nine, ten teams in the bubble consideration for for a lot of the season. So, you know, I I don't think it's as good as it's been. Um, you know, certainly I think Purdue is 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 in a class by itself. What they did in Maui, 
but the the middle of it, I, I think Nebraska should be right there, and and uh, you know you protect your home court and go on the road a couple of those places and and win. Um, but you know I think they need K State um, as a non-conference win. I think they need to, to sharpen that resume a little bit if if the state tournament you know wants to be in the discussion come March. Eddie, uh, a quick thought on Sunday with Michigan State before we talk women's basketball. And they're really struggling. Uh, we've got a, a friend and colleague that, that covers Michigan State has for years. And before things tipped off, this is before uh, James Madison, <laughs> um, the, the the feel from Izzo was, hey, I, I love this team. I love this group. And, man, they're, they're struggling. And, and they – just couldn't even defend home court. Is this just a, a, a young group, in your opinion, or is it just a, a team that's really trying to find itself? Do you buy Michigan State struggles? Well, I, I'll be honest. The last you know four, five, six years with with Izzo, it, it just appears that he has struggled to get his groups uh, on the same page. You know, early in the year, and I don't know. You know, people his style is is hard and can you still coach kids hard and he, you know he hasn't done a lot with the the portal where he's you know still is one of the programs that recruits and, and tries to develop you know kids and then for the most part kids stay in, in his program but you know they have been really a slow starting program you know for for the last several years but you know <laughs> At the end of the year, he tends to be able to push the right buttons to to get them to to start playing better and and you know come March you know certainly factor into the Big Ten race and and the NCAA tournament. So, you know I, I yeah I think the proof's in the pudding, right? They just have not played very good basketball and they're have lost a few games and they've you know probably had competitive games against teams that they thought they could blow out. So I. You know, I, I think it's a team that you know if Nebraska plays well can 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 win at at home, and I think it's a you know if this Nebraska team is as good as what you know they they think they are, it's a, it's a game they they should win at home on Sunday. So, you know, but Izzo's a Hall of Fame you know coach. You know, he's going to have his team prepared. They always play hard. Um, for them, it's just a matter of you know can they can can they make shots? They they have just really struggled to to score early in the season, and and uh, you know that's showing itself again this season. Andy, last night, PBA, the Husker women dominant, uh, won by 73, 108-35. Lexus, a great ball game. Jazz, of course, the triple-double. Uh, did it look as bad as the final score? But <laughs> winning by 73. Yeah, it was. Uh, I don't know if that's the worst team that's played at PBA, but but certainly that w- they would be in the discussion and just offered no no fight or resistance, uh, you know, what whatsoever. Um, you know, but you know, Nebraska. I think the uh, the Georgia Tech win this past weekend was was a big win. They found themselves down fourteen, and I I think they carried some of that second half momentum over. Uh, I thought they shot the ball and played with a lot of confidence. Um, you know, obviously the, the opponent wasn't very good, but you still have to put the ball in the hole. Basketball sometimes is a is a simple game. You got to you got to make open shots. Um, so hopefully that you know gives a little confidence as, as they do go on the road uh, for their first league game against Michigan State on on Saturday, which you know Michigan State's projected to be an NCAA tournament team in year one of a new coach and you know leading the Big Ten in scoring at 91 points a game. So you know that's going to be a you know, a challenge for for them to go on the road, and you know, hopefully that offensive confidence will will help them as you know Michigan State is is uh, is scoring, and Nebraska is going to have to score to to match that. 
Andy Markowski with us, Hale Varsity Radio, Husker Hoops Thoughts, at Markowski underscore Andy on Twitter. Andy, we'll get caught up again. Thanks for the insight today. All right. Thanks, guys. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it at Hale Varsity Radio. Time for a Jock Talk Wednesday, Nebraska Orthopedic Center. Dr. Brandon Seifert with us. Dr. Brandon, you got your Santa hat on. Hey, you bet, buddy. We're kind of working our way down that uh, old wish list from the kiddos. Well, Let's there's... That thing down to a few items. <laughs> well, the, the J-Ville's got a wish list, and one will be a, a cart uh, for this holiday season. <laughs> Two will be uh, Mr. Miyagi to heal Trevor Lawrence. Three will be a healthy Trevor Lawrence. So those are three big gifts they're asking for. <laughs> I don't think the cart's unreasonable. <laughs> Apparently it is in Jayville. <laughs> no kidding, right? You got these guys with thumb injuries and wrist injuries getting carted off. Now you got a guy with a real low extremity injury just making him suffer. I guess you could say start rehab early. Uh, yeah, exactly. Or, or get out of Jacksonville. But, I mean, yeah, at least there was a couple security <laughs> guards to help Trevor Lawrence off the field to the locker room. This was nasty. A high ankle sprain is... Trevor Lawrence is back in the pocket against Cincinnati. It wasn't quite a karate kick to the uh, below the knee, above the ankle, but that's what it looked like, and it looked like it was his own lineman as he got pushed back. But Lawrence got up, and he's big, man. He's 6'6", he's 245, got up and then dropped like a rock in water trying to walk, and you just feel for Jacksonville. And, and Lawrence, because they, they've really been uh, on the rise, Dr. Brandon. Let's talk about this high ankle sprain. I know we have talked about this injury before, but uh, high ankle sprains are not all created equal. Yeah, no, they're sure not, Chris. Absolutely. So we've uh, discussed these before. You know, as we kind of go back and review, I always like to talk about some of the anatomy associated with this. So just thinking from an anatomic perspective, um, you know, we all think about kind of the routine ankle sprains that are out there. That's when you know, step on somebody else's foot, foot kind of rolls to the outside. You tend to just kind of sprain or stretch those ligaments on that outside of the ankle, kind of center around as you feel kind of that ball portion on the outside of your ankle. That's called the fibula. And those are actually, you know, the majority of ankle sprains we see and, you know, typically pretty quick recovery on most of those unless you start talking about getting, you know, deep bone bruises that can go along with those at higher grades. Then you start to work into your high ankle sprain is kind of the term that's out there. Um, but essentially what happens there as opposed to that uh, foot kind of rolling to the outside, the foot tends to roll to the inside, and the toes tend to go in the opposite direction, which would be to the outside. And that's a totally different kind of mechanism that happens. And what happens here is you tend to, with these higher ankle sprains, you tend to stretch or injure more structures. And so, you know, the opposite of kind of the you know, traditional ankle sprain we call lateral ankle with these high ankle sprains, another term for it's called a syndesmosis injury. And a syndesmosis is essentially this really thick ligament that basically runs between your tibia, which is the big bone, the shin bone, if you will, over to the smaller bone on the outside called the fibula. kind of runs all the way up in between those two and is super strong, super thick, and has a lot of kind of vascular supply to it. So when you injure that, one, it takes a lot more force to injure it. Two, it's a pretty big stabilizing structure, so you start to stretch part of that, and then instability becomes an issue. And then three, you tend to have tons of kind of swelling, bruising with it just because of the vessels that kind of traverse that area. And it's just a much different deal. It takes a lot longer to recover from. It's easy to kind of retweet 
again, you're more sore, more painful. There's a higher chance that you may have kind of those deep bone bruises we talked about before. And those are the kind of things that just obviously slow these down and think coaches, parents, people watching, fans, like, what's going on here? This is just an ankle sprain. It, isn't, it is not your typical routine ankle sprain. It's a totally different kind of deal to treat and recover from. Well, Dr. Brendan, we have a report from Jeff Howe with The Athletic saying that Trevor Lawrence plans to rehab around the clock this week in hopes that he can play through that high ankle sprain. So tell me a little about the, that recovery, that rehab process. Is it advantageous to rehab, quote-unquote, around the clock? Because I think back to, to my days growing up as an athlete, it was always rice. That was the method with ankles, rest, ice, compression and elevation the whole thing was essentially take the weight off of it let it recover give it the ice and the compression to help it but for the most part you don't want to do too much to it tell me a little bit about the rehab for trevor lawrence and his high ankle sprain as he hopes to maybe play through it in the coming weeks yeah absolutely and so you know before we before you jump kind of the rehab side things you want to tease out with these injuries are you know one how you know what to what degree is the instability there and so if it's more just stretch injury, but there's no instability. There's ways to determine that through imaging, x-ray, MRI, and essentially want to make sure that there's no kind of instability showing up in the ankle joint where you start to see the tibia, which is the shin, start to shift off the top of that kind of bottom bone, which we call the talus, which is the bottom bone of the ankle. That's what you're looking for is kind of some widening there. So if you don't have that, then you can treat it from a, you know, a non-operative perspective. And so, yes, then you start thinking about jumping into rehab with these, um, again, he's at you know, that high level, different than you know, maybe somebody is at a level where they have opportunity to kind of rest some. It really is kind of pushing and being aggressive to try to, you know, essentially rehab these things really quickly. Um, you tend to have more kind of lingering symptoms when you do that, but it is reasonable. Obviously, this is a situational thing here with them in the playoffs and where they're at in that race. Um, and so it's reasonable to be aggressive with this. I'm assuming it's fairly low grade for him since they're allowing him to do that more of a franchise quarterback type. And so, yeah, and that rehab basically encompasses, you know, obviously, the, the classics, elevation, ice, some immobilization, at least for a few days, and then you start to get aggressive with getting your range of motion back, starting to hit some of the strengthening exercises, working into kind of that balance, proprioception, neuromuscular retraining type rehab. And as you kind of progress to that, then you start to do a lot of these return-to-play type activities the cutting, the jumping type stuff. And that's a pretty fast, you know, window. If you're trying to get him ready for next week, you really do progress through those steps pretty quickly. And it'll be interesting to see if he can do that. Dr. Brandon Seifert with us, Nebraska Orthopedic Center, a junk doc Wednesday. And, uh, of course, uh, Trevor Lawrence, his high ankle sprain. So is there injections, ultrasound? What, what can you do? Obviously, non-operatively with with that that rehab, um, Doctor Brandon. I mean, what are what are some either uh, newer techniques that that may be used? And you know, science and uh, medicine continue to well reinvent and 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 grow. You know, the mobile, mobilizing this quickly is the one thing that's you know really progressed a lot from in the past. It used to be we'd immobilize these for too long, they get stiff, or and so now it's you know kind of earlier rehab, earlier range of motion. That's really kind of the hallmark of things that have changed. Um, in terms of some modalities, you know, there's lots of these kind of different we call therapeutic modalities out there, whether it be ultrasound, 
different types of ice and stem. And there's a lot of those modalities out there that, you know, they're okay. I would say that I wouldn't say there's amazing new data about you know, how we're using those um, at this point. Um, Injection-wise, there's not a lot of injections out there, at least in this kind of acute healing phase in this area that would be of a lot of benefit. Um, you know, we've talked before about, you know, is this a scenario where you could use like an inject, like a, basically a numbing medication, a lidocaine, some type of short-term local anesthetic to, you know, numb the pain in the ear? Sure, could you do that? But that's super risky. I would not recommend that here. I wouldn't assume they would do that um, just because you're dealing with a joint that potentially could be unstable and you start to throw, you know, a local anesthetic into that. Now you're not paying attention to it. You can really cause some significant injury. So I wouldn't anticipate they would use that. I would not recommend that. Dr. Brandon Seifert with this Nebraska Orthopedic Center at Junk Doc Wednesday. And uh, we're talking Trevor Lawrence, Jacksonville, trying to get back on the field. Dr. Brandon will check in next week. Thanks for a few minutes. Okay, fellas. Take care. Good to spend time with Dr. Brandon. Thoughts on Trevor Lawrence. We'll wind down on Wednesday next. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, big thanks to Andy Markowski, the pride of Ord, standout Husker, a lot of years, thoughts on Nebraska, Minnesota. Tonight, Evan Bland, Mike Babcock, as the portal turns for the Big Red, all in on uh, a lot of quarterbacks as they were doing the uh, Satterfield World Tour 2023. Pullman today, where tomorrow, but Elijah, if we're going to handicap it here, I'm going to put Mama's money down. On uh, Shapin, the Baylor kid, or uh, Sparty, Levitt. Those are the two guys I think maybe fit what Nebraska wants to do. I know you've uh, got your contacts out there and you're doing your research, you're back channeling. We'll talk with, we'll talk with Jack Ebling uh, uh, from the drive in East Lansing, uh, award winning radio and uh, print man. Uh, this Friday, getting ready for Nebraska-Michigan State for the weekend, but also, you know, the the likelihood of landing Levitt. You've got the 30-day window, and spots are filling up with this musical chairs. And there's a couple quarterbacks from Michigan State to keep an eye on with Levitt, with Kim. Kim, mm-hmm. A couple of guys that I think make some sense. The the big selling point for Levitt, at least from Nebraska's point of view, is the fact four, that— Four, baby, four years. Four years, Exactly. You can sit him for a year, let him develop, and then get him ready somewhere down the road. A guy that makes a lot of sense as a potential, hey, you're going to com- come in and compete with Chuba or Kalen or whoever mm-hmm. for the backup spot for the right to be the next quarterback at Nebraska while we bring in a more ready starter such as Cam Ward, such as Kyle McCord, such as Shapin. Whichever Does NIL buy understanding? <laughs> Does it buy patience is the question in a, in a I, I impatient think- quarterback world. I think that comes down to the relationship between quarterback and coach. Mm-hmm. And the, the patience factor, it's not that folks are out on rule. I'm not saying that at all. There's some lukewarmness towards Sat. And quite honestly, we, we laid out a lot of questions and answers to start the show. You need aggressiveness. You need uh, accuracy. And Nebraska's been aggressive. They've been active. You need accuracy with, accuracy with who you land. At quarterback, you also need uh, the ability to keep Chubby here and, and just get, get whoever's here and whoever's coming in better to be different. So you're, you're knocking on the door in November with seven or eight wins. Harder to, 
to do. I get it. But you've got a chance to make a jump. You need to make a jump and be in contention or conversation. We talk a lot about Big Ten football and the reality of uh, it getting much more difficult. It's a steep, steep cliff. Basketball, you can be middle of the pack and okay for an NCAA tournament. Well, you got to be top three, maybe top four in the Big Ten, right, for, for any playoff consideration in the future. So, reminder to buckle up, use your seatbelt, it saves lives, it prevents injuries only if properly worn. Make it click, a message from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. Fun show. Check us out on the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play with Hale Varsity Radio. Give us a review, good, bad, ugly, we take them all. Hale Varsity YouTube channel, follow us on Twitter at HVarsity Radio, at Herbal Essence, at Schmidt underscore radio. Tomorrow we will have more open time for more portal discussion. And, yes, comments, 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 Redwine, Dion, uh, all of the great folks in the stream that continue to jump in. Gary Barnett, I want his top pick at portal quarterback, and I want fit and ability at Nebraska. Barney will be with us tomorrow at 5. Brandon Vogel tomorrow. How about some best bets? Are you ready for a steak and a beer Thursday bet? Uh, sure. No? <laughs> no. Well, I just like, eh, maybe. Back at 4. Thanks. A Huda Media Production.